Happy Easter. He is risen. This is a great day uh, to come to church. It's a great day to celebrate uh, because we're actually looking back at a single point in time. 2,000 years ago when the first person ever discovered that Jesus was not dead and he could not be killed and that he had overcome death. We're going to look at that verse right now. Let's look at uh, the verse John 20, verse 17. And I left you hanging. Mary had already thought that the body of Jesus was stolen from the tomb. And she ran and told her friends that it was stolen. And sure enough, they found that the body was gone. And now we were left with Mary weeping outside of the tomb. And it says that she stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying. One at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, she's weeping, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So then Mary Magdalene went and she announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So we've gone from this place where Mary couldn't find the body of Jesus. And she was convinced that even the vestiges of her faith and her hope, because she had put all of her faith and all of her hope in Jesus Christ. She was one of those people waving palms on Palm Sunday, one of the millions of people waving palms as he came into Jerusalem. She was one of those people that was saying, this is the moment. This is going to be the grand entrance. This is going to be the coming of all peace on earth, all joy, all hope, all love. No more more injustice on the face of this earth. This is it. But she was so astounded when she discovered that the greatest injustice was yet to come. When Jesus Christ himself was to be crucified. And what's even more heart-wrenching about the crucifixion is that all of the people, uh, all of the authorities, all of the religious authorities, all of the government authorities, all of the people, and even the disciples, they all, Scripture tells us, all of them deserted. They all fled and deserted Jesus They turned their back on Jesus when he needed them the most. They had a courtroom trial. It was a hung trial. The plan was to make him guilty so that he would be crucified. crucified. But the reality is that they asked, is there anybody who's going to refute the false things that have been said against Jesus? Nobody. Nobody would stand up to say, this is who Jesus is. 
Nobody would stand up and say, this is who the, the Lord, the Savior is. This is who the person is, and this is what he's done. And all that you're saying that he is, that's a lie. That's not true. You don't know the real Jesus. You've only heard the wrong things about Jesus. Jesus is his love. He heals people. He cares for people. Nobody was there to do that. And so you can imagine the pain in the hearts of the disciples as they saw this person. They're the person that they looked up to. Now, Rabboni. Women, she says Rabboni. I mean, do you say that usually when you recognize somebody? You just turn them, Rabboni. You could say that next time you don't recognize someone. And then you, they, they, say, they, they say your name in the supermarket. And you realize they do know you. And you could go, oh, Rabboni. Rabboni was the third level. This is so geeky. But uh, there was Rab or Rob, which is like, it's like half of a rabbi, I guess. And then there's rabbi, which is, you know what a rabbi is. It's a Jewish teacher, Jewish leader. It's like a pastor of a church. And then there's Rabboni, or Rabboni. And that's like, uh, I don't know, Nobel Prize or something. You know, that's like, that's like uh, some, uh, this is like a teacher from Caltech. This is like the level of education that we're talking about. Rabboni. She recognized who he was. But there must have been that pain in her heart the minute she recognized who he was. The moment she recognized that he said, Mary. You never had someone say your name and you wonder, well, what, you know, John, and you wonder what's coming next. Is it going to be uh, chastising? Is it going to be, uh, what kind of thing is going to happen? What I love about this scripture is that Jesus says, don't hold on to me any longer. The suggestion is that she's hugging him. She's grabbed onto him. She's hugging him. Maybe she's doing what she's done before. She's down at his feet. She's, she's embracing him. And he says to her, you can't keep holding on to me. You can't, can't hold on to me forever. Because this flesh and bone, and that's, it took me a while. I remember in seminary, it, it was in seminary when I discovered, and it clicked in my brain that Jesus, at this point, was flesh and blood. He was, he was tangible flesh and blood. Here on earth, that is. And then later, 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. And that's what he's talking about in the verse. He turns to Mary and, and, and he says, you can't hold on to me forever because I'm going in 40 days. He doesn't say when, but he says, I'm going to ascend to the father. He's saying, because other people had been raised from the dead by Jesus. In fact, even at the crucifixion, the Bible tells us this really wacky thing that all of these people who were saints came back to life on the night of the crucifixion. It's like night of the living dead. Isn't that weird? All of these people came back to life. So it wasn't just Jesus who came back to life. Remember, Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. He did that. That happened already. I'm not diminishing. It's still pretty amazing. But some people had already come back to life. What they hadn't done is stayed alive. All those people who came back to life, they died. Lazarus died. The reason the Bible tells us that people were brought back to life is to bring glory to God. Lazarus was brought back to life so that people could say, Oh, now Jesus, he's powerful. He can bring people back to life. He's not a normal, ordinary human being. And then he would point to God, as Jason said. He would point to God and he said, all the power, all the glory should be given to God. He did an example of what we should do when amazing thing happen, things happen through us. Point to God. All of the glory, all of the praise should go to God, to Jesus Christ. You see, this is, this is the Easter message. The Easter message is that Jesus, 40 days later, rose up into the clouds this is like inception. We've gone three levels deep, right? He rose up into the clouds and he ascended on the right hand of the father. And he and God, the father 
are in union, in a holy, beautiful union, and, and, it, and it's what we call heaven. Being with God forever and enjoying God's presence and living a fullness that we can't even possibly imagine here on the face of this earth, a, a fullness that, that we never in, even, even experienced in our youth, a vitality, a life is vibrant. So you're saying to yourself, great, Jesus is there. And that's probably what they would have said if that was all that he said. But he said more than this. He said, go, Mary. And this is the commission. This is what happens every time someone comes into contact and discovers that Jesus is alive. The first thing that the Holy Spirit is telling that person is go, tell the good news. You know, uh, the good news, though, that Jesus instructed her to tell was very specific. He said, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my brothers that I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Now, wait, this is important. Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. Never before in the book of John, if you're reading the book of John, by the way, we are handing everyone here a copy of the book of John. Just a copy of the book of John. It's small enough that you can keep so that you can give the good news away later in the week. You might have it in your pocket. You may say, I already have one, but someone you know doesn't. Or maybe you'd enjoy reading through it again in, in a different print format. But you see, this, again, is the miracle. Jesus says, go and tell my brothers. Remember, these are the guys that, that were partially, or you could even say, you know, there's not like, if you ever hear say, like, it's not partial guilt. You're guilty or you're not. They were guilty of abandoning Jesus. They were just as guilty as anyone else of crucifying Jesus. They'd done what was unthinkable. Has, has anybody ever betrayed you in your life and you're sitting there saying, I don't think that I can ever forgive this person ever for what they did to me. Yeah, we are weak. That is true. We have a big weakness in our life. There are sometimes things that people do to us and you're sitting there, I don't know how I could ever love this person. How I could ever be embraced by this person again. How I could ever have them hold on to me. And, and even encourage them in their moment of darkness. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to help them when they're at the lowest part of their life? Just as Jesus was doing with Mary. And just as he did when he called them brothers. Siblings. Family. See, the great big message is that Jesus welcomes us into the family. He opens the doors. He says, we're all children. Of God. And what happens when we become children of God, when we are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, is that we get the inheritance, right? When someone dies, the inheritance is given out to all the children. Or depending on how cranky the person is, but usually it's the children. And then when we're brought into Jesus Christ's family, we get the inheritance. What he's saying is, I am ascending to the Father, and I'm not the only one. You all get to join me. You all get to experience the same thing that happened to me, that you will not stay dead. That you, I know, some, It's hard to take in, isn't it? That you will not stay, stay dead, but that you will experience God's glory and life and vitality and love and hope and joy forever. But this is the key. This is so key. Jesus' 
eternity and life in heaven started when he ascended to the Father. And in, in a sense, everywhere that Jesus was, was, is, was heaven. I don't want to get into parsing, but this is the most important thing. That our heaven, our eternal life with Jesus and God the Father can begin right now. It doesn't have to start till after death. It doesn't have to start till, till, till we have been resurrected, until we get to uh, enjoy God's glory in heaven. That the heaven on earth begins right now because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he breathed onto the disciples and they say that the Holy Spirit was given to the church. That Jesus gave us the very power that he had to bring healing and hope and love and joy into this world. You know, I love how it starts. It starts with the good news. Have you ever heard of the good news? This is what they call scripture. They call the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you talk about Jesus being alive, and you're not talking about Jesus being a prophet that died, that's a different story. You need to be clear. Those are totally different stories. There's a story about Jesus and a prophet who died, and then there's another story where Jesus resurrected. And on that first Easter... Mary Magdalene gave the first sermon. Take that in for a second. Jesus told her the words. He wrote the script, and that's what every pastor hopes, that Jesus would write the script completely for the sermon. That would be nice. And some, I'd say 90% of the time, or all the time, God comes through. He, even when I say dumb things, it's, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit comes between my mouth and your ears, and you just walk away and go, wow, God really spoke to me. And I say, well, I'm glad I had nothing to do with that. So what we're talking about is sharing the good news, sharing the good news with the, with the world around you. And listen to Mary's sermon. This is so simple. She went to a bunch of people who never heard that Jesus had been risen. And she said to them, I have seen the Lord. Have you seen the Lord? Well, we just talked about that. You couldn't have seen the physical flesh and blood that Mary Magdalene saw because he raised into the sky, right? He, he, he's, he's up with God in eternal glory. But he said that with the power of the Holy Spirit living and moving through us, that we would mysteriously become the body of Christ, the, his hands and feet in this world, that he would live in us and we would live in him, that we would have a closeness with Jesus that is closer than hugging him. You could hug him all day long, uh, the body of Jesus Christ, and you couldn't be as close as Jesus has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit in our minds and our hearts and our souls. I'll tell you how you have seen the Lord. You want to know? This is it right here. This is it. There's a story behind this. This was a gift from someone in the congregation. They poured their heart, their soul, their story, their testimony into building this. You've seen it. If you look around it the, and hear the music that was played today, here's another one. This is another person who, who, who just gave this to the congregation so that you could see the Lord today, so that you could come into contact with the love of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people in this room who, who, who would love to sit with you and to share and to explain the gospel and the good news with you. All of those people pray every single day that they could be God's hand and feet in, in your life and to love you. See, our job is to share the good news that we have come in contact with, whatever it is, however we have come to know Jesus. And we could just do it as simply as Mary did. And ever since then on Easter, 
Christians have gathered together with this prayer, with this hope, that we too could do what Mary did. That we could find a group of people, some people who've never heard that Jesus Christ is alive, and we could share that good news with them. And that they would become infected with the joy that she became infected with. And that she ended up discipling many other people and probably telling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people with the same sermon about Jesus Christ on all of the many Easter's after that. You know that we call Sunday's mini Easter's? You know the one ton campaign with those bags that we're going to bring one ton of food? We are hoping to show Jesus Christ to people who are in the time of darkest need. We tend to divorce these, these bringing of food and, and all of this food goes to a food bank that's part of a church that we have helped to start in Highland Park. It's called Highland Park Presbyterian Church or Iglesia de la Comunidad. I, worst Spanish in the world. But it is a Spanish-speaking congregation and we just talk to them and their food shelves are getting empty because they always do in the summertime leading up toward the summer. And we had three other food banks saying that they need food. And we said, these are people, those empty shelves represent people who are standing at empty tombs. They have given up hope. They think all is done and that there's no more hope in there. They don't see it. They don't see the love of Jesus Christ through an empty shelf. That's not how God communicates love. And what we are going to have the opportunity to do is not just to bring a bag ourselves, which, yes, that's a good idea. On Mother's Day, it's going to be amazing. But we have the opportunity to bring, take two bags home, one for another person. Because when people get the opportunity to help people come to life in new ways, when they have an opportunity to, to extend heaven into a place where they're only experiencing hell at this moment, they get this joy of being a part of what God is doing on the face of this earth. And they start to see Jesus working in and through them. And when they see it, then they have the good news and then they become infected. And before you know it, the whole entire city becomes alive for Christ. So don't think that the work that we're doing here is of small importance. It's of great importance. And, and remember Mary, that she was this weeping, timid, hurt, broken individual. And Jesus Christ gave her a challenge that must have been pretty scary to go and witness and to share what some of the disciples must have, and we're even told by Scripture, some of the disciples blew her off. They said, wacko, crazy. We don't believe it. So Jesus actually later showed up to all the disciples (laughs) and said, you're going to listen to her next time? Just remember that she wasn't this powerhouse. She wasn't this perfect person. She wasn't, didn't have all of her things together. She was a broken person who was forgiven by Jesus Christ and brought into the family. And she went and told the forgiveness of Jesus Christ to all of those brothers. And that's our job, to let people know that Jesus loves them. And they say, ah, not me. And you say, yes, 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 you. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the good news. Thank you that we have the joy of of being a part of building your kingdom here on earth and and sharing the good news that you love us no matter what. That you embrace us deeper than a hug, but you embrace us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that, that you come into our hearts when we welcome you, when we believe, when we have faith. Lord, you reward us with that. And we do pray for those people who are standing at the edge of an empty tomb today. 
who have lost all hope, who've given up, who've reconciled the world to being mean and angry and hurtful and violent. But Lord, you have a different future for this world. That your dream for us is to be a part of your bringing heaven to this earth. So that heaven wouldn't be somewhere else, but it would be heaven on earth today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand.